say hoy, Noiros. You tuned in, you did it, you selected the right podcast, or the wrong one, in, in which case, sorry, you enjoyed the show you were looking for, but if you're searching for out of the podcast, we got good news for you. You did it. You made Welcome it. Welcome to the show. We made it too, Dan. I mean, I feel like we deserve credit. I, I want to say, like, you seem closer to the screen. Is it, is it just me, or is this, is this true? Is this, is this conversation for, between you and I, or for the podcast as well? Do I they care how close I am to a screen that they can't even see? Well, I want yes. them to, yes. I want them to right visualize now I it. I've done a lot of things, Dan. Well, well we can get into it uh, after okay. we introduce ourselves. What's your name? I've said it a few times, but do you know? I think my name's Dan. I'm not it 100% is. sure, though. Hold on. <laughs> yes. Check, check your notes. <laughs> yes. Hello, Dan. Dan. Yes, that's me. Not Dave. Right. Never. Never Dave. Never today. It's only Dan. So it's only Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Joey, someone here to say, welcome to the show. Couple of nobodies, huh? Yeah. But yeah, here we are. With two haircuts. We cut our, uh, our fame away. And yes. that's what I'm noticing. Not the closeness of my screen all of a sudden. It's the haircuts that we have. Yep. A lot of, a lot of lowering of the I don't know ears. about you, but I think when we started the podcast, it was definitely around the time where I just like tapped out on haircuts for a while. Where I'm just like, you know what? We're, we're doing this. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I kind of resigned myself to the fact that I was like, oh, let me just try growing out my hair. I've never really done that before. I'm just going to let it ride. And I feel like Should I we got just, to every time point. we break off like a half year of the show, just get a haircut. Is that the deal? And then we'll just watch it grow in real time between <laughs> each other. I think I got to the, 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 the pinnacle of, of how far my hair will grow. And I wasn't that impressed with it, to be honest. So I, I think I might, I might start getting a little bit more regular haircuts now. Top three songs about haircuts. Pavement, Cut Your Hair. This first. is a no order. Yep. But maybe that one first. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Almost Cut My Hair. Uh-huh. Deja Vu, Crosby, yep. Ripper. And what's that Perling Hiss song about a haircut? Oh, boy. I'm bad with song names from Perling Hiss, but I do. I am a fan, but I'm, I'm bad Perling with Perling Hiss got a haircut. I'll look it up. We got time. Yeah. I'm going to edit out these spaces. So. Or leave them in. You, you can vamp, Dan. You want to vamp? about um, Perling Hiss. You like Perling Hiss? I do. I am a fan. Yeah, I think they're definitely one of the best local bands that we have. I agree. Yeah, uh, Water on the on Mars is great. Uh, big fan. Big fan. I remember, um, what was that website? It was like an offshoot of Pitchfork, I believe before the Condé Nasty deal. Hmm. But they had like this side website and it was like for more kind of like experimental stuff. But did you ever listen to Wooden Ships at all? I remember them, but I, I, don't, I don't recall... If I did listen to them, I may have. I was a out. big fan of them, especially in the early days. the The record label they were on, Holy Mountain, was a mm-hmm. put out some really interesting stuff. And when I used to do my MP3 blog, we used to get promos, as you do. And theirs came to my attention, and you know, I was pretty blown away. So I was into what they were doing. And on that Pitchfork offshoot website, he had like a blog post guest feature one time. Like, what are you listening to? And it was Perling Hiss, mm-hmm. and it was like right on that first record to. Uh, the self-titled one. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you dig on his solo record at all? Mike Polizzi? I do. Um, the song is called Almost Washed My Hair. There we okay. go. Okay. Great song. I, I like it, but it hasn't. It doesn't grab me in the way that this does. I am excited it's, for that new Birds of Maya, though. Yeah, it's different. It's different. I, I mean, I, I'm rooting for it. I tried yeah. to put out the tape. It was, it was a maybe, and that was all I got. You know mm. what? Sometimes you're just happy to get those. 
So I feel like that's how you like to leave it because it's like it's probably not going to happen, but you were nice enough where I could, my heart isn't broken and we can. Yes. I can listen to you still. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's all I ever ask for. Just be gentle when I'm offering you my my soul, Car- your soul, and, and carte blanche to do a tape. Yes, sir. Gulp, gulp. As uh, gulp is a segue as, as well as why I'm closer now. I'm noticing it. Maybe I can move the screen a little bit, but that puts, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not upset. I, I, I made just... a purchase a week ago, Dan. You did. I did. I got myself a mini refrigerator. You did? For the room, yeah. And it's been great. And I got just bevies ready to go. That's the way to do it. I got a, uh, I'll have to show you a post-podcast when I can move things around. But yeah, I got some some Dr. Pep cream sodas ready to go. Got a 12-pack of those. Got a Brita filter. It's great. Can't recommend it enough. Everyone should get a personal mini fridge. I mean, I have access to a a whole refrigerator, you know. It's not... It's not like this is all I got, but yeah, it's a good move. Can't recommend it enough. I support that decision. You should get one, Dan. I think you love it. I'll consider it. I mean, we have we have a smaller one. We've been using it because our refrigerator has been broken. It just and we're waiting on the part, and the part finally showed up. And it's been like five weeks, I think. So it's a long so, time. Yeah. So we've been we have an older one that we've been using, and then we have a small like room fridge like you have uh so sure. we've been kind of using that a little bit at a necessity so i do so have they know one. once it gets fixed yeah. i think you should adopt this one that's already at the ready yeah it'll yeah. change your life I, I honestly i know I, it was the same when this was presented to me my roommate jeremy got one and it was like well, that's interesting and then it was like yeah i would love just easy access to drinks and, yeah you know maybe you're having some uh, hummus and you don't want to walk all the way to the fridge and you just can put it away in that bad boy Put some candy bars in there. Get like a little Snickers yeah. going, Milky Way or something. Sure, some baby carrots too. You feel yeah. Anything. The world is your oyster in a mini refrigerator. It makes me think of the in Tommy Boy where where he has like the fridge in his office. He's like beer, fr- uh, soda in the <laughs> fridge. Yeah. No, like honestly, they they get it. Yeah. I mean, this is my office, so. Yeah, that's welcome, true. Welcome to it, Joey Boy over here, right? I, I get to see your office once a week. It's always available, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, so did that. Made my way through Fast and Furious, all caught up. That's ready for, for F9, already out by the time this comes out. Yep. So by the time my review comes, you'll be like, oh, okay. We already were thrilled by it. Yes. We know they probably went to space. Yes. So All the thrills and chills. Everything's back, Dan. Life feels almost pretty much back to normal. Yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, I mean, movie theaters are available again and went to a, a concert last night at mm-hmm. Or Leibs in Philadelphia, first show back. How'd that go? It was great. It Good. was it was so surreal and also just felt like it was just yesterday at the same time, mm-hmm. you know? So the Warhawks played was actually the last show I saw, like normal show. I did see a, a Dinosaur Junior at a farm in Connecticut mm-hmm. show that was a whole different thing altogether. But yeah, yeah. you had you guys played with Warhawks. Yes. At Johnny Brenda's. Show. Yep, mm-hmm. Yeah, for their EP release that they were ready to go take the world by storm. Yes, that's the last I, show I went to as well. I, yeah, so. and then that was it. And then our friend Brian Meets, his band 1910 Chainsaw Company played and opened. It's great. It was a great, great time. And yeah, we were talking about how we did a tape together at Panzerati and just like how we were ready to do release shows and take the world by storm and nothing and, and also getting with your uh, your live album, the tape we did. Like, right. It was going to be a whole thing. Yeah. We had a nice little year plan. Plans plans change and they did. This is where we're at. Was it a good crowd and everything? A lot of people. Yeah, no, it was bumping. Yeah. 
a lot of old friends there. And this was fascinating because I got people to come because I was like, do you want to go see my friend's band play? Mm-hmm. Which is usually an impossible prospect. Yeah. But yes. because people are so hungry to do stuff, yeah. they're like, yeah, of course. So definitely if you're trying to get the word out there about your band, now is the time to make this happen. Because that's true. Yeah, people that's won't care soon enough. You got like a couple months to really make a... A, a, a splash, yeah. Thank you, Dan. A, yes. splash, a splash will do perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd like that. I like this, a splish of splash. Yes. What do you think of that Jerry Seinfeld noir video I sent you? I loved week? it. I, we're gonna post that somewhere that was yes. great yes how did you come across that was it just like a random it just came yeah came my yeah. way and it was like wow this is like as you said worlds colliding you know both yes. the reference and the truth <laughs> yes it yeah, was it, wild it's so I bad enjoyed it. it's, it's so bad but i mean enjoyably bad like yes it's it's just so surreal it's him without a laugh track which is great yes so it, re- it was very he's really forced to rely on that comedy of his we love so much. Yes. Because you, I believe, confided in me that your favorite part of Seinfeld was the opening comedy routines. No, that's absolutely the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 my favorite era is when they, when they ceased the, uh, I don't want to say awful, but mostly terrible uh, You stopped giving it away for free, you know? Yeah. Well, you got to go see. What was that movie he did after? Comedian or whatever? Comedy? What? Remember that? He had like that documentary. Yeah. It was I don't like know him and that. this other comedian that they just shit all over. I did see it, but not when it came out. It's mm. uh not good. Well, I was thinking of the he he recycled a, there's a joke in in the video you sent me of like the the thing with the the socks or the washing machine because yes. he uses that a bunch of times. It's like uh, it just I, I that was my first thing. I'm like his this famous is sock earlier. We all love it. There's no reason to drop it, Jerry. Just keep giving it to us. We love it. Yes. What's the deal with socks, socks getting lost and dancing in the in the the washing machine? Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Makes me want to get in my car and grab a, a cup of coffee. <laughs> I was gonna say that's probably the most recent thing that I've I've watched with him, obviously, but fucking nonsense. Yeah. Jay Seinfeld, oh boy. You know, the only thing I really liked from him as of recently was when he did the season of Curb Your Enthusiasm where they were doing like the Seinfeld season. That was a good season. I did enjoy that. I, I, like, I, I feel like Curb I is kind of... I liked him there. It was good to see like him work against like edginess. Like, you know, he's still himself. I, it just, that was successful to me. It, it kind of reminded me why I used to like this motherfucker. Well, that's the thing. It's like you get him together with Larry David and there's there's that, there's a magic, there's a synergy between the two of them. But but I think if anything, like Larry David by himself can be just as, if not more funny more, without more. them, probably I'm, more so. More but then so, when 100%. You put, but Jerry by himself, I don't, I feel like he benefits more from being around Larry David. So. Absolutely. I mean, I will say my, once Larry David leaves that show, like I'm, I'm, I'm I don't like it. Yeah. It's it's too noticeably different, which is weird because as a kid those were my episodes, but yeah, I was a little dumber then. I I mean we all like Frogger, you know. I, I <laughs> that's just it. I mean there's little things like that that still get me. I mean there's stuff yeah. in those episodes, but then you're like when you actually watch them, you're like, oh, there's a lot of just like, crap in the, between this too. Yeah, I, I mean I just did the rewatch again a couple weeks ago. I finished it, and yeah, I mean the race I, against I, the clock before Hulu takes it away and Netflix picks up the baton. Yeah. I mean, I have Netflix too, so I mean, I guess I can always watch it there if I want to. So I guess it's not the end of the world, but yeah, kind of kind of a bummer. I mean, that's kind of why I got Hulu. You know, at the beginning it was it was Seinfeld, and at the time they had Criterion Channel, right? As well, so 
I was like, all right, well, now I'm going to get it. And then Criterion bounced, and then now Seinfeld's bouncing. They bounced so fucking quick. They were they hardly did. there. Yeah. The they bounced struck. around a little bit. Yeah, they had Filmstruck, and then uh, now they're doing their own thing. And their own thing is great. And they actually yeah. have a nice little collection right now, a little feature for the month, that uh, is going to segue into today's movie. Cool. It's called Dangerous Men, and it's eight films starring Robert Ryan. Mm. And you can actually stream this movie as part of that collection. Excellent, excellent. I mean, you also got Crossfire, if you're looking for past episodes from us, the setup. Then there's also On Dangerous Ground, you got Caught, Clash by Night, Bad Day at Black Rock, Men in War. Yes. Very nice collection, so Very that'll cool. be good. I, I highly recommend the uh, Criterion channel there, their service. It's great. Yes. I thought I would just tap in and tap out, but there's always something. Especially, what, I feel like I'm streaming at least something once a month for this podcast there. So you're saying that there's always something there to remind you about how good it is. Sure. That's okay. what I'm saying, Dave. Okay. You got, just, you got just, me. Just wanted to be clear about that. <laughs> Crystal fucking clear. Okay. Odds Against Tomorrow. Released October 15th, 1959. It was produced by Harry Belafonte's Harbell Productions. He worked very hard to make this movie happen. And mm-hmm. uh, it was distributed by United Artists. Directed by our man, Robert Wise, the king of the podcast. Uh, yes. He, every film we've done, flawless. This one was, I'll just say it right now, what a great time. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. I was like, that, I, I've been like I wouldn't have worried about this one if I was you. I actually did like, I did no research when you said this like movie. Okay. And then I was like, oh shit, Robert Wise. Like, yeah, this is going to be great. And it was right. And it was, it's sandwiched between it. Like, it's an interesting time of his career. It's yeah. his last film, Norm. And he goes out on top. And it's, I don't know. One of these days when we're done with all of his noirs, we got to do a ranking, Dan, because... Yes. I'm, st- I'm still unsure, but I would say this is like top three for sure. Well, we've got Body and Soul we haven't done, right? From yes. him. Yeah, we still need to do that one. Yeah, we, we, got, we got stuff to come. And also, I Want to Live, Yeah, which, which can be argued as a noir. And that was right before this one that he did. And then after mm-hmm. this, he did West Side Story. Yeah. It's wild. It's the last movie he shot in standard aspect ratio. He only did two more black and white films after this, which were both shot in Cinemascope, two for The Seesaw and The Haunting. Mm-hmm. And this was based off of the novel by the same name from William P. McGivern. Screenplay by, here's where the fun begins. Because we, we got some blacklists coming. Yep. But ultimately, Abraham Polanski and Nelson Gidding. But Polanski, because he was blacklisted, had to use a, a, someone else to take the place of him. And John O'Killens actually was credited. Mm-hmm. But in 1996, Polanski's screenwriting credit was restored. He got a great title sequence. Yes. Loved it. Loved it. Maybe I would put that at the at the very best. It's very cool. I think what what I like most about this movie is just the fact that it's 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 1959 when it's when it's out. So you get a little bit of like there is the the harkening back to the like the old older film noir, but like you have that kind of newer like almost like beat generation jazz kind the of future is coming with, right with the with the We're right on the cusp of the sixties. Yeah, and it's just a fascinating time in, in Wise's career. I mean, we got West Side Story right about to hit after this. So yes. it's his noir swan song. And yeah, the, yeah definitely, like you say, it harkens back, I'd say, to kind of like his career, but also shows where he's going. Yeah, definitely. And he tries some shit with this one. He does like an infrared camera for a lot of shots in this, which is just crazy. I think the opening is, right, with Robert it, Ryan? It is, yeah, on this on the city street. And it looks awesome. Like, it looks so it, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're seeing Robert Ryan and like this, definitely the camera, that infrared makes him look older, but also he's he's just a lot older. But he's not, 
he's like in his 40s i think i did the the, the math on yeah sounds like about it's, right it's, I don't know. I can't tell if like they added something to him because you know it's not, it hasn't been that long since we've seen him. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's been he's a getting bit of time. I mean, yeah. I know he dies at like sixty, so you know he he may have aged a little quicker too. Visually. Yeah, he died in the seventies. Yeah, seventy three. He died. So he was born in nineteen oh nine. How old was he? So he was fifty. He was he 50. would have been around 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 forty nine fifty, I guess. When okay. he was making this. So yeah, so I then, guess yeah. that's about right. Very interesting to see him like this. Uh, you know, he always had that grizzled look. Mm-hmm. but now ages has been applied so and it, it really helps with his character in this movie so yeah he's walking down the street like i said he's a little older than what we're used to and he heads to the hotel juno and he gets racist right off the bat mm-hmm. like pretty much non-stop throughout the entire journey through the hotel yeah and of course this is where we tell you robert ryan not a racist yes good guy just playing these roles he's heading to the apartment of burke he was played by ed bagley jr's father <laughs> Ed Bagley. Ed, Ed Bagley Sr. Those two are just like, not, that's like a real like, wow, no. I, I almost said Gary Busey, Jake Busey, but no, those two are exactly the same. Like, oh, I, this is what I was thinking. James Conn, Scott Conn situation, you know? I don't even know who Scott Conn, <laughs> to be yeah, honest. He, he was in Ocean's Eleven, I think was his is biggest he? one. Yeah, he's, okay. like, he's like, he's got like spiky hair, kind of a beefy dude, real bro-like. Okay. You might recognize him, but yeah. Maybe, yeah. But you, you already got enough. I was gonna say, I, I like well, James Conn. Like, I'm good with that. Yeah, and I don't mind Ed Bagley Jr., but I feel like, you know, we just, by the time we came into being, he was already just a little more lighthearted. Yeah, you know what, you know what I, I really like from him? I mean, notwithstanding Spinal Tap, I do really like him in Mighty Wind, which I, I rewatched not that long ago. And yeah. As the, the, t- like the TV uh, like producer guy, and I, I really, I thought he's great in that movie. There's potential with him for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't hate him all around. I don't even hate him. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, I don't like respect him. Like you do his father. who was like, mm-hmm. it's some heavy hitter movies. Mm-hmm. There's my Ed Begley Jr. rant. Sorry to future guest Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet Burke. He, uh, the way we get into the exposition of everybody, it's pretty clever how they do it. Cause they're like, so what do you know about me? What do you know about you? And they're like, well, Burke, he's a former cop who wouldn't talk during a criminal case. And Slater, that's Robert Ryan. He's an ex-con who went to prison for manslaughter. Mm-hmm. But Robert Ryan, he's got a thing about him where he doesn't like be, like people's judgments of him, you know? Yeah. Cause he's trying to, as we'll get into, just make a different life for himself. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's still a racist piece of shit. So, like, it's not going very well. He's not yeah, making I mean, his, the his important changes. Is, yeah, his temperament's pretty, like, bad throughout the movie. I mean, he's the pretty... The whole time. He, yeah, he's a pretty live wire. And, yeah, we'll get into it. But, like, the, there's really no reason for it. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's just stubborn, really. So, yeah, he doesn't like being stereotype pigeonholed, which is, again, ironic because of what he does. Yeah. There's some money on the line. He's offering up a job, a bank job. So doesn't look like that's going to happen, though. And now we meet Harry Belafonte, mm-hmm. who plays Ingram. Great job. Great. Yeah, no, I, I love him in this. I think he's excellent in this film. This is the first noir starring a, a black actor. Mm-hmm. Does a phenomenal job. Just really cool because he, he produced this. He put together, you know, the writer, the blacklisted writer. Mm-hmm. Had his hands all over it. And he, he just, he really gives like a performance that plays the, all of his strengths. I mean, he gets to rip up the, what is that, vibraphone? What do you call those big xylophones? I think that's just a xylophone, probably. You sure about that? Isn't the, isn't the big ones like a vibraphone or something? Dan, can you look it up? I mean, I thought as the musician, you'd be good to go on this. Yeah, I think a vibraphone is it's not what I'm thinking of, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, what the I, hell did Aloha play? I've listened to enough Aloha records to know that was a vibraphone. 
it's tough to tell in the movie because they don't really show it very clearly, but I'm, I think you're probably right. It probably is a vibraphone. Because it's so big. I think when yeah. it's that big, I don't know. I'm, we're yeah. not experts. We're noir experts, but we're not of the, the phone experts, right? The phone family. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. I wonder who named these things. Well, there's, the, there's vibrations going on. Yeah, but Zyla. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it just, it just sounds cool. <laughs> It does sound cool. I mean, you know, it's the default, like, X. Like, what, what's something that starts with an X? Yeah. Not enough. Not enough things, yeah. Not nearly enough. So, yeah, he's cool to... Harry Belafonte, he's cool to every single person. Like, it's, they have the same journey, but he's, he's just nice to the kids. He's offering them money to watch his car. Mm-hmm. He has a good time with the elevator guy on the ride up. He's just... He's a good guy. Yeah. Just has some, some gambling problems, as we're mm-hmm. going to find out when he's... He's talking to Bert. He's in, he, he really likes horse gambling and he's in for seven and a half grand to some loan sharks. Mm-hmm. And he's staying alive because he's paying in installments with interest. And he's also paying alimony as we'll find out. Yes. He offers up the bank job. And what does he, like Harry Belafonte say? Like, it's, oh, you're climbing up the social ladder or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something right? like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Are we social climbing, David? This is easy money. Man, you're drifting. I'm serious. That's not your line, Dave. That's the firing squad. That's for junkies and joy boys. We're people. Okay. What's my line? I'll forget you asked me. You don't even want to hear? I did all my dreaming on my mother's knee. So yeah, and then we're going into the park, and this is where you meet Coco. What do you think of Coco? Coco. I watched this last night, so for- forgive me. No, you're fine. I watched this yesterday morning, actually. Coco was Coco like was, the... was Baco's like henchman guy. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's interesting. Yeah, I he's he's just he. I really liked his performance, Coco. Yeah, he's real mouthy. Burke he goes to talk to Baco. This is the guy that Ingram is in debt with. Mm-hmm. Burke really wants to get Harry Belafonte on this job. It's very important that he's a part of it. So he says, "Can you rush this timetable on the debt that he owes? Like, really put the pressure on him because." You know, I need him to do my thing. And he's like, and I'll help pay. Seems like that's going to be fine. 50 grand is on the line, Dan. So we got to do what we can. Now we're back to Robert Ryan. We go to his place. And this is where we meet Shelly Winters, who Mm -hmm. plays Lori. Mm -hmm. You like Shelly Winters, Dan? Yeah. I mean, she's pretty dramatic in it, I think. But I think it works. I thought she was. I liked it. I thought it was the right amount of dramatic, though. Yeah. But I feel like that's, you kind of do sometimes go to her because that's what you want, you know? That's what you want, yeah. And she, Shirley Winters actually took the part without reading the script. She just saw everyone who was going to be in it and that it was directed by Robert Wise and it was going to be filmed in New York City. And she said, okay, let's do it. (laughs) Sounds like a good time. You know, Lori, she's been supporting Slater, Robert Ryan. I'm going to be going back. Then. The names of these stars are too good, but then they, they do have names in this movie. Would you believe it? Yes. They weren't just like, hey, Shelley Winters. Hi, Robert yeah. Ryan. He doesn't want to do this job, and Lori doesn't want him to do the job, but he wants to support her. Like, he's really gung-ho on turning his life around and, and being a, a man who can support his woman. Mm-hmm. And he's better than being an old con. And he, he definitely, like I said, he takes offense to being seen like that. Mm-hmm. Now we see him planning the job, though. And Burke, he's got like an apartment overlooking this bank where he's been casing the bank, right? So I think it's a hotel room. Okay. That's, I think that's how I read it. I think it's just like he got, he, they got a hotel room to, that they could see. I didn't look too deeply into it. I just yeah. saw that they were in this big room that had a very nice view of the whole town. Where was that? Hudson, I think I saw? Hudson, yeah. So, so yeah, we're going from New York City to Hudson, which is like getting up towards Catskills, you know, Albany almost. 
Uh, yeah, because there's a the upstate. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's about for me growing up. It was about like an hour away. Mm-hmm. We go to Hudson sometimes. It's a good time. Do you go to do you do you pull a bank job while you're there? <laughs> no, <laughs> but scout, I, I should have. There's a really good place. I believe it's called Mexican Radio. And they got some burritos that are fantastic. If that place is still around, go there. And I also remember there was a, a bookstore slash bar. That was an interesting combo. It is. But I know that place is really like blown up too. Like that's a hot spot, the the Hudson area. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from the city are like transplanting there. Yeah, yeah. And also like the New York where I grew up, right on the the border. Like all those middle nowhere towns are just like really being taken over. It's fascinating. Yeah. There's like drive-in theaters there now. I mean, they're adding culture. You can't, you know, that would have been cool. But hey, yeah. why wasn't that there when I was there? You know? it's, always, it's always after you leave. That's, that's Boy, like with anything. Story of my life, Dan. Yes. But yeah, we're casing the bank and we see it's a perfect job. The guy who opens the door to get the sandwiches and coffee for everybody that gets delivered every night. Security like guard, yeah. He's real blind. He's about to like, retire, I think they, they mentioned. Yeah. yeah, so no reason not to go for it. This thing looks like it's going to be perfect. Um, so now we cut back to the club, and we're ripping it up. What a good time. We got some more of that vibraphone, we're going to say confidently now. Yes. Coco goes up to talk to Ingram while he's playing the song, and they got a good back and forth. Yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes was Coco mm. and Ingram. Hi, baby. What's shaking? Paco wants to buy you a drink, and I want to buy you a shiny new car. Too bad about Lady Care. Yeah, they bobbed her nose. Believe me, pretty mama. I, I love that whole scene. Anytime we're in the club and there's performance stuff, really, really great. Mm, definitely. Uh, great music in this. Who did the score of this, Dan? John Lewis, I think, or something like that? Yeah, I think you're right. John Lewis was the modern jazz quartet. He's the pianist of them just did a great job yeah it's a great the whole, score the whole score is very great i mean there's some times where it gets really terrifying too yeah we'll get into that but Sacco, he wants this money tomorrow harry belafonte he tries to go to the club owner and he's like can you front me but everybody they want this thing to happen for burke as it's been set up right well he so, says he also loaned out a bunch of money to him in the past and he just doesn't have it. he just bought that pearl necklace uh for his daughter so it just seems like he just flat out didn't have the money disgusting dan how dare you what <laughs> a, pearl, a pearl necklace for his daughter i went what? a little blue i went a little blue come that's what they call come oh that's not what i'm talking about that's <laughs> anyways sacco he starts to threaten ingram's family and he doesn't like that pulls out a gun and then he gets roughed up and he's got no choice but to take this job and yes yeah, so as we we're saying a lot of great music in this this is where you're getting the all men are evil song <laughs> and ingram is mm. fucking hammered yeah, and comes up on the stage and just like ah, I hit the nose, like just <laughs> yeah, he's just saying stuff, yeah, like on top of her. It's so good. And then the singer, I believe her name is Annie. Is that her, Mae Barnes? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, she's just like get off the stage and like still trying to do the show. And then he just goes nuts on that vibraphone. It's it's really good. Like like I said, all these scenes are, are great. Ingram goes to pick up his daughter. They're having a good time. They're in the park, probably Central Park, right? Yeah, I believe so. Had yeah, that yeah. vibe before in New York City. They're yeah. on a carousel. And as he's riding it with her, he notices some tough guys watching him. And he's like, I'm getting a little dizzy. I'm getting off. She calls him old man, even though it's like, come on, I'm trying to save your life here. 
Yeah. They're just like, hey, Baco thinks you're going to leave town, so we're keeping an eye on you. So he sees that the, the squeeze is real. And so he goes to call Burke and is like, hey, if you can get Baco off of me, I'll help you out. It's good to go. And mm-hmm. so we're on. Now we're back to Robert Ryan, of course. Lori's out tonight. There's a note we see and says, if you could babysit for Helen, who's a neighbor. Mm-hmm. What's, is something off with her? her the way her deli- Was that just a choice with the delivery or was there a specific reason for that? I think that was it. I think, I mean, at the time, from what I remember, is that she had not acted in a while. Like she wasn't getting parts, Gloria Graham. Mm-hmm. And they, I think they did this to like help her out. Like they're trying to get her a role in the film to try to help her career out. So I think it was just like, yeah, maybe that, but maybe a little bit like maybe she just hadn't been acting as much recently, but I think she did. I had no good. problem. I, I, yeah. I didn't mean it in any like, you know, disparaging yeah. sense. It, it was great. I just didn't know if that was like a specific reason or yeah, maybe it was a little restiness, but she was wonderful. Last scene from us and Crossfire mm-hmm. and we'll see her again. She's great. Yeah. And she was, she's really, really good in this. She comes in and she's like, what's going on in there? An orgy? But yeah, he, he brushes her off. He says, you know, I, I don't want to babysit for you. And he slams the door right on her. And so he heads to the bar. And then you got these like soldiers who are showing off, like pretending like, yeah, let me show you what to do if someone's coming at you doing a punch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then they bump into Robert Ryan and he spills his beer. And Robert Ryan, of course, is like the scariest man alive. Yes. <laughs> like I would hate for that scenario to happen. I mean, the kid's like, oh, oh, God, like, I'll, let me buy you a drink. But of course, later he's like, ah, buy my own drinks. He doesn't like people trying to do favors for him. He takes care of himself. Yeah. And then he also pours his own shot, which was interesting. He's just like, I got this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so then these guys, like, they continue to flirt with the girls some more. And he's like, hey, if you're going to throw this guy, just make sure you throw him in the other direction. And this guy takes offense to it. He's like, well, do it with me. And Robert Ryan ends up socking him in the stomach. And everyone's horrified by it. He yeah. took it too far. Easy there, Robert Ryan. And he heads back home to Lori. She's about to head out to work. You know, she's making some stuff happen. She might be a manager at the restaurant, I believe. Yeah, like her boss is open up a new restaurant and, and wants her to, to be the manager of it. You know, she's trying to, we'll figure it out. I'll be making more money, but Slater, it's stressing him out completely. Mm-hmm. He, he insults her. She takes off. And, and that's when he's like, you know what? I'll do this job. You got me. Mm-hmm. I gotta make my own money, Dan. Well, I think that, this is the point also where Gloria, doesn't Gloria Graham come back at this point? And then there's like that little bit of like... Not more, quite yet. Okay, okay. But we're, there's one more thing to happen and then we get there. Because um, okay. we go back to Ingram and that's when he's with his ex, Ruth. Okay. And this, this is where we get more context of why she left because of course he's spiraling further into his gambling debts mm-hmm. and they're fighting and his daughter Edie is woken up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So important context there to know, you know, why she left because she still clearly loves him, but mm-hmm. it just gets that dark gambling. You like to gamble, Dan? Gambling, Dan? Absolutely not. <laughs> Me neither. I don't even buy like lottery tickets, like no. scratch offs. I find that to be the biggest waste of money ever. Yeah. I, Do you I know only... the candy bars I could get with that same money, Dan? That's what I'm saying. Like, I could use the money that I'd be throwing away basically to just get something I enjoy that I could keep, you know, versus just basically just throwing it away. But I think I've only been, I've only gambled once and it was Atlantic city and I just did the slots for a little bit. And just, that was it. I was just like, all right, this is just to try it. And I was like, eh, I don't really like this. I think I was like 23 at the time or 22 at the time, I think. So it's been, it's been a while. That's a good time to do it. I felt like I lived in so many cities where gambling is legal. And then yeah. like, by the time I came back here for my second Philly round, it's become legal. 
Like the the laundromats have like slot machines in them. It's so weird. Really, that's weird. Oh yeah, you can gamble anywhere here, and boy, if people don't love to do it. That's yeah, true. it just never took for me. I don't. I one. Th- I kind of wish I learned to like play poker. Do you know how to play poker? I do. I used to play it, but it's been so long that I mean, I could probably play it. Like, I guess I don't know if I consider that as much gambling, but yeah, like I used to play cards like back when I was younger. There's we used some, to just play skill. Yeah, recreationally, but not like for money or anything. I don't know. Maybe we'd be good at it. Yeah. Maybe we should set up a table with the fans, huh? Be a card shark. There you go. What about a street shark? I think I'd rather be a street shark. <laughs> what about being a large mound of pound? I don't know what that's a reference to. There's, speaking of Fast and the Furious, it always makes me think of the video where Vin Diesel is like selling street sharks in the 90s. You ever see that? No, I haven't seen that, but Remind I Remind me to that. send that to you after this. But yeah, he like he's like selling like the toys. You know, they're like, let's get this big guy. <laughs> and he's like wearing a leather vest. He sells hair. And uh, yeah, at one point he's like got one of the toys and like, let me show you this large mound of pound. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Can't recommend it enough. Would love Vid Diesel in one of these, huh? Yes. Special guest. I will say if you're looking for a, a secret, I guess neo-noir. Although I feel like we need like a, a new term for these movies now, you know? Yeah. Like neo-neo-noir. Yeah. <laughs> Postmodern neo-noir. <laughs> But Jason Statham, I'm just thinking of guys of that ilk, sort of. And, of course, he's in these Fast and the Furiouses eventually. He did this movie called The Bank Job. You ever see that? I remember the name. I don't, I don't think I saw it, no. Most people missed it. They were expecting a typical Statham fare. But, like, there's no, like, super action in it. It's just a really great bank heist movie. Hmm. So that's a secret gem. Cool. That's Joey's secret gem for this episode. Good night, everybody. <laughs> What's we the need- secret gems theme song? I was going to say, you need a theme song. I don't know what that would be, but you need like some like kind of like glitzy sounding like sound effect. Like, All right, guys, hear it. Enjoy the, uh, the Secret Gems theme song. Here it is. All right, that was Secret Gems. Great track. Thank you. Great, po- great episode of the podcast, too. Yes. The, you know, they're the right length. Yeah. It's going- in and out. In and out, Dan. In and out. We're That's- doing great. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing about as well as this bank heist is gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> Helen comes back this time. This we get. You want to talk music? This music gets so sinister when Robert Ryan he's made his turn, where he's just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm just doing what I gotta do. I am an ex-con." Mm-hmm. So she comes back. Her date has been canceled, and he invites her in for a drink. Don't worry, you can hear your kid from down here. And one yeah. point she's like, "You really can hear him." He's like. There's been some nights where obviously I can hear your kid. Your kid is too loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's clear he's snapped though. And he's given up on this better life. And he gives into Helen's advances. Cause now you can kind of see like why she was coming over, you know? Yeah. She's trying to be flirty and, and such. And he's on to her. Cause he like pulls on her coat or whatever. And you get a, her in a bra. Her robe. Yeah. 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 She's like, she's just wearing a bra. Mm. She, she's there for business or pleasure i guess you would say <laughs> <laughs> business and her business is pleasure possibly yes. so she's like <laughs> just this once and door shuts they're going for it now we're back at burke's place this job is on and we immediately see the obvious of what was building this whole time that robert ryan and harry belafonte are not going to get along even a little bit yeah but this plan it's so crucial that to have both of them we need them and ingram he comes up with a plan about this chain for the door because they pass sandwiches through a very small slot of very opening of how much the door can open yes uh, off of this door chain 
and it's able to sl- slide in there, but they need an excuse to get that whole door open. So we'll see it once it goes into effect. But Harry Belafonte, he's uh, Harry's smart Afonte. <laughs> he's, he's a wise one. We're, we go back to Robert Ryan's place, and Lori is there. She's crying. You know, she really wants Slater to be happy. And if he needs it to be his money that's coming in, that's fine. Just so, you know, please don't leave her. That mm. uh, You know, he goes on this nice little rant about how he's left everything in his life. But this time he's sticking around. Please, darling, don't leave me. Lori, Lori, I'll never leave you. I've been leaving all my life. Since when I can first remember. When the wind blew us off the land in Oklahoma, we left. After that, I never stayed. Not in the Army, not in Detroit, not any place. I'd start something, if it didn't work, right away, I'd blow it. And there was always something. A lousy captain, a Pollock foreman in the auto works, would be too slow. Well, I'm getting too old to take things slow. If I don't make it now, I never will. I mean, with you, too, it's now or never. Aren't things ever easy for you, Earl? Only when I get mad. Then they get too easy. I think that's why I get mad, to make it easy. But I got something now. And I'm going to stick with it. He's getting old. Yeah. Robert Ryan's age is definitely... It's supposed, to, supposed yeah. to be noticeable, you know? Yeah. So he's driving in that car for this heist, and he's cutting loose, man. He goes a buck ten on it. Well, he's got that souped-up engine. It's, it's Souped-up it's, it's, engine in this yeah. jalopy. You need it for a gig like this. Would have been fun to see that work out, but this is really as much as it gets to cut loose, unfortunately. I would refer to this as the, a jalopy wagon. Ooh. That's what I, that's what I would call Because it's like, yeah, because he says he used like an old like a station wagon kind of you know, body, but it's, it's got this souped-up engine. All right, this has been another episode of Jalopy Dan. What's the Jalopy Dan theme song, Dan? Let's listen now. <laughs> and there it is. That is a great one. That is my favorite one yet. Yeah. Well, that I can't wait to get back to that episode. Maybe we should just do spinoffs. Or just, but, we, we create but, but theme we music. Still, <laughs> we still co-host the shows together, but we spin off from this one. I like it. There you go. I mean, you could also argue that these shows really are this out of the podcast podcast because we're bringing you jalopies and secret gems every week, basically. Yeah. I mean, at least we try. We succeeded this week. This movie yeah. was a blast. So yes. thanks for gemming us, Dan. It was literally a blast because it says as on the Blu-ray, it says, this isn't a story, it's an explosion. Whoa! And this came from Olive Films, who yes. uh, previously I was mostly familiar with them because they took on the King of the Hill license after mm-hmm. Fox only did six seasons on DVD. Mm-hmm. They have some cool stuff. I have, I have quite a bit of They're a nice little films. Yeah. boutique label, yeah. So yeah. We're, we're happy to finally have them come on the show. And looks, Blu-ray looks great. Why don't you get the rest of those King of the Hills out on Blu-ray, though? That'd be fun. That would be. The last season has a Blu-ray because that was the only season they didn't high def, but mm, yeah. So I have like 12 DVD sets and one Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a bummer. It's yeah, but I'm just happy to have them. I say take what, take what you get, I guess. You could say I'm lucky. Yes. <laughs> just like lucky was at the Costco. 
He was very lucky when he slipped on PP at the Cosmo. <laughs> What's Cosco. that thing that Hank says where he's like, PP money is not a, like a career or something like that? <laughs> I think, I've been thinking about amazing. that a lot. Great show. Thank you for listening to King of the Hill talk. Bobby Hill, greatest character of all time in history. Definitely. Of- you know what's fascinating with all the watches I've done of that is just my roller coaster with Peggy Hill. Oh, yeah. Because I, mean, I feel like you watch it the first time and you're like, Peggy sucks. Mm. <laughs> and then you watch it again and you're like, Peggy's actually awesome. Like, yeah, her, like I her, think con- started- her confidence in herself is just so funny. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, like, watching it, like, seeing how they weren't really able to maintain the, like, the, like I'd say much more conservative hank hill how they portrayed him in like the very early episodes yes. like how, how like unsustainable i think that would have been in the long term like you know what's funny too is like you know everyone was like hank hill would vote for trump right mm-hmm. and it's like did you not see the episode where he shook george w bush's hand and like yeah. couldn't vote for him because he had a weak handshake like what did you think he would do in that scenario yeah come on well that more or uh what's his name uh dale you know people saying about that too yeah it's like, what show did you watch? Yeah, people, you know, people try to people. trade up. People, Dan. Ah, I, this I has been thinking, another episode of People, Ugh. Of people, Ugh. <laughs> that, that's our spinoff podcast. Ugh. <laughs> you talk about people and, and say people, Ugh. Yeah. Eh, we could start a podcast where we talk shit. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I guess that's our pre and post show podcast, right? Yeah. I, I, I just keep thinking about the, that. The, it's been going around the internet recently, but the uh, the screen grab of of the episode where they're fishing on King of Hill and uh, and Bob, Bobby like goes like this. He's like he's like oh, I have to think like a fish. He's like I'm what and I don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> Best show of all time. Yeah, it's great. It's really it's, good. it's really good. If we could at least get you to watch that, and that's on Hulu, by the way. You don't just have to find your Olive Films collection. Yes. but it's on uh, it's on Hulu too. That's right. That's what I just said. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Oh, I thought you said on disc. Sorry. I, I, I no, I'm saying you. it's on Hulu. You don't have to get the disc. Oh, okay. Sorry. I misheard uh, you through, through the internet connection. It happens so often. It's crazy. Usually to me, so I'm happy to see the switcheroo. I'm happy to give you the old switcheroo. <laughs> I feel like I, so many times I'm editing, I hear you like say something and then I'll be like, oh, but what about this? And then it's just like, Dan just said that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> whoops. Another episode of whoops. Ingram's on the bus headed to Hudson and Slater he's gassing up and then this eager kid at the gas station he just like opens up his hood a little jerk and he's like whoa look at this killer engine and then also it's pretty obvious he gets a good look at Slater because he's Robert Ryan you don't forget a face like that yeah so this kid he's a nut on motors after all causing trouble so then he picks up Burke and there's a nice shot where like the car is riding up next to the bus. Like you're, you're inside the bus with Harry Belafonte and you see the car coming up. Yeah. Great shot. Very, very mm-hmm. cool. Everything's going on time. It's looking good. But then things start to happen that slowly make you nervous. I mean, of course, there's the, that kid, which Slater tells Burke about. And then there's a car accident, which you can slowly see happening. Like, don't do it. Yeah. But it does it. And cop is there and he sees Ingram and he's like, hey, what'd you see? Can I get a statement? And like, as for his ID and stuff like that. And then like the, the traffic piles up. So you see the, the two guys in the car, you see Burke and, and Slater in the car together. And that, so that's impacting their travels as well. So, and they see what's going on. So then they start kind of getting antsy. 
because they're like, yeah. what's he what's he doing? It's like, well, he's trying to play it cool. I think if you, I think he does pretty well. Like he does you know, great, it, especially he says too, like there's nothing in my wallet, but you know, like fifteen bucks and a bus ticket. Yeah, so it was all good. But yeah, Robert Ryan, he's nervous. He's already shook from before, and of course, things get very racist. Him and Ingram, they're ready to go to blows, but they're gonna get this job done first, and then they're like, but later, you know, you and me, there's gonna be a reckoning. It might happen, Dan. They're, they're reckon they might find out, find out, and see. <laughs> <laughs> Burke, he seems to be okay with the circumstances, everything that's happening. He's like, I think we just got to go for it. Because Burke, like we said, you know, he was, he didn't take the stand at, when he was a cop and he had to go to jail and, you know, it really ruined his life. And he has a great line too where he's saying, like, you know, like someone says to him, like, They sure changed your color when they rehabilitated you at Sing Sing. 50 grand can change it back. He really wants to go for this job. He wants it so bad. And Ingram, he decides to go forward with it too. So we show every, everyone like waiting to do the job and this is a great scene because it really just shows everybody's nature you get ingram by the water he's very nervous and burke is by that statue i forgot what the, it said on there but it was very inspiring like you know whatever if you're gonna do something you know do it with all your might but you know yeah. in like an old latin way and you know he's ready to get his life back and then you get slater he's loading up his gun and he sees a rabbit and he, he instantly his instinct is to to shoot it but then you kind of see him wrestling with his own nature trying to be something that he's not and mm-hmm. so he hesitates to shoot it, but in the end, of course, he can't help who he is, and he shoots the rabbit. Yeah. And so nighttime is here. That's noir time, baby. We're going to get to this this thing. This is game time. We've been hyping it up the whole time. It's always fun when these movies take the time before you get to the heist, you know? like Kind of like the killing, I would compare it to in that sense. Right. Yeah, There, is, you do feel that sense of like waiting like like because you think about it in real time because sometimes in the movies you – you kind of get lost in the sense where if, if it's edited quickly and you kind of just want to see action, 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 mm-hmm. but versus like this, it's kind of like showing you like the da- a little bit of the downtime, like they've gotten there. Well, you kind think of, of like a, a gun crazy where they're just committing yeah. multiple bank right. robberies and it's like, you know, you know, one's going to go bad, but maybe there's some before it. Right. But this is the montage up, like, like that movie, but this you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're sitting you're with them. Building yeah. that dread the entire time. Cause you're like, well, I know what kind of movie I'm watching here. Yeah. <laughs> But it's 59. Maybe we can get away with some stuff. Who knows? Yeah. It's game time. You see the drugstore. And, of course, this is a, a 50s drugstore, so you can, you know, go out for a meal. Yep. And get you your got prescription the count, yeah, pills. The soda you know? counter. And yeah, yeah, you got dinner. It's like basically like a diner, you know. Yeah, and this is the guy who delivers the, the sandwiches and coffee. He wears sunglasses at night, you know. Corey Hart special. Corey Hart. Yeah. I love that song. <laughs> Have you? Did you watch, speaking of Hulu, there was a show, Future Man? No. It's three seasons. Very funny. There's some great Corey Hart stuff. That's, uh, looks like we got another episode of Joey's Secret Gems. Good night. Everybody. <laughs> Try to sneak them in there when you can, you know. Check that out. It's a good, you breezy, you can breeze right through a show. Very funny, especially if you love Corey Hart jokes. Some of the best of the best. Who does it? Exactly. That kid comes in, he was talking about that beefed up engine because you hear other dudes talking about cars. And he's like, well, I saw a good one. And then we cut to outside. You see kids squirting guns. And Ed Begley's out there waiting for his chance because he's waiting for the guy to come out, the delivery. waiter, yeah, the delivery deliver guy the food, yeah. at the at the drugstore to deliver the food yeah, so he can trip him. And Robert Ryan, he won't give Belafonte the, the key to the car. Hmm. Then we get Burke. He trips into the guy with the sandwiches and coffee. And here we go. We're doing it. The shades are on. And we have our own coffee and sandwiches. Yep. And we head to the door. The blind guard opens it up. And this box size isn't big enough to get the chain open, so he opens it, and there comes Robert Ryan with the gun. We're storming in. And also, of course, uh, Burke is there, too, Ed Bakley. 
I like the setup of that where you you have like the door that opens the door and Robert Ryan's position where he's like tying his shoe like up against like a high curb <laughs> and then yeah. you got you know Ed Bagley like try, pretending like he's getting into a car and and you know, they're all kind of just trying to you know play it cool like they're just there to to then blindside the security guard. It's great, Dan. I'm gonna do something I want to do on the podcast a long time. What's that? Open up my mini fridge and open up my can of Dr Pepper. Nice. Hey, How's that cheers, taste? cheers to the podcast. It tastes like a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> a great line. But I have to then now speak of a regret, sir. And it's, uh, it's towards this podcast. I wish we had been around a year earlier. I wish the pandemic could happen almost all over again. I know it's crazy to say. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but they're wearing these masks that look like the mask we've all been wearing and what a yes. screenshot that would have been to be like go wear your mask folks you know like yeah would have been some good social media but now it's beyond not relevant unless that delta variant really kicks some ass but yeah that was i was like oh boy that would have been so good i think um, it's still relevant i mean it's not as much but I, I think it's still relatively topical we'll show it to you on the social media folks but yeah it won't, it won't be as uh preachy as we would have been before yeah <laughs> Maybe it'll be under the, eh, do whatever you want heading, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, things are going well. Slater, he's pistol whipping everybody. That's a good time. And this waiter, he actually comes back, and it didn't seem like they planned for that. Like, they thought they'd just yeah, trip him in. <laughs> that was it's it. It's surprising. Like, they're like, oh, he actually showed up. It's like, well, yeah, he went to just go get the food he's, back. He's just running late. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like there was some guy who'd be like, oh, that's all right. You can just leave it there. You know, like, you should have had someone at the door. So, yeah, this guy, he ruins everything. Burke is forced to get the car. And then, of course, he's seen by the cops. Robert Ryan, he goes to look and he sets off the alarm accidentally. And this is where the shootout begins. And this, this is great. Yeah. What a stroke of bad luck though, to have the, the, the cop just pulling up as things are happening. I, I love that scene though. And then yeah. the guy, you know, he's calling over to him, they're talking. And then they see Robert Ryan kind of open the side door of the bank. Yeah. They're starts, like, Hey, no, Hunter, Bagley, you know, Bagley. Yeah, Ed Bagley. they're like, Hey Hunter, yeah. you know, you come over here and he's, he's playing it cool. It looks like it's going to be fine. But then yeah, of course, Robert Ryan blows it. Yeah. And speaking of blowing it, it's a blowout. Get bang, yeah. bang. And was it like an icy day? Because people are just sliding around on those streets. Did you notice that? It's it's cold. I think it, I think it was maybe just wet. a little rainy or something. Yeah. yeah but it, I, it was very exciting. Everyone just sliding into frame. Yeah. Bang, bang. It was cool. <laughs> but very yeah. just like, why is everyone sliding? So that, that goes on for a bit. This thing just completely fell apart. And they're trying to get to the key to the car. But Burke still has it. And there's a struggle to get it. And it's just, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. Ed Bagley's been shot up like a ton of times. Oh, yeah. And at this point, they're coming for him. And th- this is where you see something I don't think I've seen in one of these noirs, but he, he shoots himself. Yeah. Do, can you think of any other suicide noirs? Not of that ill. I know, like, people that get suicidal and then maybe get themselves shot or something like that. But yeah, yeah. not, like, just straight up gun to temple. Yeah, not not gun to, to head like that. Yeah. No, I can't think of anything. It was, it was very effective. Um, yeah, well, I question if that is due... Partly the fact that it's, it's a much later film army. We're, yeah. we're almost at the 60s at this point, so I'm wondering if that... Because you're still dealing with, like, the same traditional, like, consequences for this right. stuff. But, yeah, you're just getting a little dirtier, and that's fun. I mean, the consequences, weird. It's one of those things where, like, the restri- restrictions sometimes, like, bring on what's yeah. great about it, you know? Like, yeah, because you had to be inventive with those consequences, and, and then it's like, well, the consequences are great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the tension builds up between the boys. They're ready. You know what? They're saying, hey... We're going to do this thing. Like, we've, it's been building up. This job is completely going to shit. They start shooting at each other and just yeah, running through the streets. And that's awesome. And then they uh, run to this gas plant, right? Yeah, something like Fuel that. Fuel storage yeah. depot yeah. I'm seeing. 
and the cops stop. They're like, whoa, 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 easy there. And you also see a sign that keeps popping up that says stop, dead end. Yeah. Robert Ryan like climbs the ladder to the top of this thing. And then you see Belafonte coming after him. He is so angry and he's coming right towards the camera. Great, great, great shot. Mm. And they start, they see each other. They fire each other's, their guns at each other. And kaboom! Boom. That's the explosion. Kaboom. It's, it's great. And then we see at the end, like the cops are <laughs> gathering little, things up. A little epilogue. <laughs> a little epilogue just to be like, yo, these bodies are burned beyond recognition, you know? Why be racist when we're all corpses in the end, right? That's the lesson, Dan. We're all corpses in the end. Well, there's no differences between us. So let's celebrate that. Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, and it, there also, it's obviously the commentary about just like the, you know, they're, yeah, they're, it's just, you know, it's a little bit heavy handed, but they talk about that as the fact they can't distinguish between who's who in, yes. in the sense of, of like, I guess, like any type of hatred. Because I don't think necessarily, I don't think Harry Belafonte had any hatred in him. At least they don't. No, and he's kind of like the that. tragic figure that, right. you know, he, he didn't deserve to die. I right. mean, you know, neither really did Burke, but, you know. I guess he put together the crime so he could do that. But he was just in a desperate, uh, Ingram was just in a desperate spot. And uh, yes. yeah, he, he definitely, he deserved better. Yeah. But he got to rip it up on the vibraphone and hey, that's a good time. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we got to do this one. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I figured you would. I, I wasn't, I, like you said, I wasn't too worried. I was just concerned that you weren't going to like it because I, I do like it so much. I actually, this is the second time I've seen this movie and I liked it more than I did even on the first one. I liked it when I first saw it, but watching it second, I, I, I kept thinking in my head, like, I will say I had the same experience and this might yeah. be the case for you. I guess we should have mentioned that. Um, first time you might be like, this is fine. But yeah. I, of course, had to rewatch because Wikipedia had a, a bullshit <laughs> rundown yeah. and uh, I loved it even more because I was like, I, I don't know if I rank this very highly with what we've seen so far. And now it's like after that second viewing with a better understanding, it was just like, I think I ranked this. Yeah. Quite highly, actually. <laughs> a lot of good subtext. A lot of just a lot of great shots. Technical, it's just technical like good shots. Just from top to bottom, a perfect movie. I mean, the the opening credits are great. The music is great. I mean, there's just everything. The high works. scene's great. Yeah, just the high everything are great. about it. That yeah. infrared camera. I mean, we're trying stuff, and, and it's Robert Wise's swan song to noir. So you know, yeah. there's a lot to enjoy here. So now let's get into some fun facts. The original title of this movie was going to be Reach for Tomorrow. And Richard Widmark was actually originally offered the Robert Ryan part. That would have been interesting. Yeah, it would have been. Have those two been in a movie together? I wonder. I think they have. We should do that one if it's a noir. <laughs> I think we did. Did we? I think. What are you thinking we? of? Maybe one that we did. I don't know if we did. Maybe we didn't. I could have sworn. I could have sworn we did one where they were both in it, but maybe I'm mistaken. It definitely has that feeling. Yeah. John Lewis used a 22-piece orchestra for this movie. Including a vibraphone. Including that great vibraphone. Did you find anything? I didn't. No, I was, I was, look, I was trying to look it up to see if, if there was any type of connection, but I couldn't find it. So, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. But that would be a nice pairing. One of these days, we'll see. There should be a website where you just put in two actors' names and see if they did anything, you know? Yeah, I just keep coming up with the ones. That, I mean, ones we've done, like, you know, pick up on South Street that, you know, he's been, you know, Vidmark's been in, but... I don't see any ones with the two of them together. Let's deep fake them together. <laughs> we have the technology. I'm sure you could do something like, what's that Carl Reiner, Steve Martin movie? Is that Man Who Knew Too Much? Is that that one? Where like they edit in all like the film noir, like old film noirs in the movie. Is it Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid? That's, that's that might yeah. be what it is, yeah. Yeah, the, man, like, the, man like who knew too the man Who Knew Too Little was the one with Bill Murray. Okay, yeah. 
What do you think of the plaid one, though? You ever see that? I've seen parts of it. I've seen it, but it's been a very... I, I saw it like when I was in high school. It's been a long I know there's time. a blue of it coming. There is. I did see that. Yeah. Is I would be Kino? curious to watch that. Or maybe Shout. I can't remember. One of those two. I, I think it's like. Kino. Yeah, I yeah, don't think it's... I think it might have been Shout. Kino. Yeah. Yeah, it was not of Shout's quality. <laughs> that might be an interesting bonus episode for us, though, you know? Yeah, like a spoof, a spoof era neo-noir comedy mystery film. <laughs> maybe this is next year's uh, April Fool's episode and i'll edit all this out yeah could be could be well william p mcgivern the novelist that this was based off of he actually had a number of his books adapted for films included the big heat which i wonder if we're gonna get to that i hope so (laughs) shield for murder you ever see that one that's a cool name i have not but it is a cool name he's also got one called rogue cop you seen that one that sounds cool too no about a crooked cop trying to redeem himself maybe we'll check that out some good names. Was it called Rogue Cop? Rogue Cop, yeah. And also Shield for Murder. He's got some good cops. Cop noir, sounds like. Mm-hmm. Shelly Winters was like in everything. <laughs> you know where yeah. I first saw her? What's that? I mean, maybe it was like Peach Dragon, but it otherwise might have been Roseanne. Remember when she was on Roseanne? Vaguely. I, yeah. I watched it when it was on, but it's been, it's been so long since I watched that show. And, you know, we'll probably see her when we eventually get to Night of the Hunter. She's good in that. Yes, I do. I did know. I do. When I think of her, that was that's like one of the things I think about is yeah. It's certainly my favorite performance of hers. Mm. Harry Belafonte still alive, ninety four. I was I was when I was doing yeah when I was doing the pre like notes and stuff like that before the episode I was like wow I was like yeah he still he is still alive. I I mean I I guess you know this one was what was it fifty nine so I mean it makes a little more sense that he would still be alive. It's just always shocking though when you get to see someone still with us from this, but. So, you know, you're always like, did they have any, <laughs> it's morbid, but I always go to look if like they had an interesting death or something, you know, Yeah. or tragic, but now he's still killing it. He, of course, he was known for Calypso music. He became big with his song, Matilda. And then of course there is the Banana Boat song, also known as Deo. Mm-hmm. You like that one, Dan? Yeah, it's okay. You don't, you didn't remember your cover of that song? No, I don't remember that cover of that song. Dan. Well, we're about to cut to a clip of it, right, Dan? You got four weeks to do this. Sure. I would love to hear your banana boat cover. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that, Dan. You let us all down, but that's all right, because Harry Belafonte did enough good in this world to make up for your mistakes. Yes. He was a big civil rights movement supporter, of course, mm-hmm. and he was a confidant of Martin Luther King Jr. And he also helped gather the 1985 Grammy Award-winning song, We Are the World. Remember, We Are the World, right? I do remember that, yes. Of course, I was a year old when it came out, but... It was around for quite a while. Yes, it has lasting power. I just, I always think of the the meme of Bob Dylan, just yeah. his face, like how, <laughs> how like sad he looks. Isn't that the one too, where there's like a whole like documentary of like the recording of filming it and it's pretty insane. It, I mean, I would watch that. I'm not familiar with that, but I, I didn't know that it was a thing, but we'll I will watch to look, that. We'll have to look into that after you watch Vin Diesel Street Sharks. Okay. And we'll get more into Abraham Polinsky, I think, a little later when we get into either his boxing film, Body and Soul, or Force of Evil from 1948. Yes, I was thinking of Force of Evil. That is one that we, we should hopefully do at some we point. Ab- we'll absolutely get to that. That's that's a big one. And that's all I got. This is a great movie. Check it out. Get that cool. Blu-ray. You're going to yeah. love it. It's Robert Wise. I mean, at this point, that's I feel safe enough to say that. Yeah, and it's a great cast. You know, it's got- great, great cast. Yeah. Not a, not a. Th- this is like a flawless film. There's not a thing I would change. It's a perfect one. Yeah, definitely top ten noir. I'd said. Wow, glad to hear it. It's really yeah, good. I I love it too. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's great. 
Well, good. And next week, guys, we, we have another mutually loved movie, although we already know it in advance. But come join us next week for 1945's Leave Her to Heaven. What shall be done with a jealous woman? Shocked, aren't you? If you were having the baby, you'd love it. Well, I never wanted it. Richard and I never needed anything else. Now this. How can you say such wicked things? Sometimes the truth is wicked. The starring roles of Jean Tierney long ago revealed her as an incomparable dramatic artist. But in the part of Ellen in Lever to Heaven, she gives one of the truly great dramatic performances of our time. Of the devastatingly beautiful Ellen, it was said, she would cheat, lie, deceive, stop at nothing to make the man she loved her exclusive possession. With matchless dramatic power and romantic appeal, Cornell Wilde surpasses all his previous triumphs. As Richard Harlan, he fights his mad desire to marry Ellen. Now look here, Ellen. Darling, will you marry me? Unpredictable little... Lovely Jean Crane discloses new emotional artistry that distinguishes her as one of our most talented actresses. As the gentle half-sister, not even she is spared the venom of Ellen's violent jealousy. What are you running away from? Is it me? Ellen, when we were kids, you used to torment me every way you could think of. You can't do that anymore. Is it Richard? If you must know, I'm going away because I can't stand living in this house any longer. The whole place is filled with hate. Your hate, not hate. Love, Ruth. Richard's love for me. We're going in color. Yes. Are you excited, Dan? We've been wanting to, to watch this for a little bit. Yes. We watched it when the, the movie came out on Criterion Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. Got a little, little Gene Tierney, a little Cornell Wilde. Love, I, have a, I was going to say, I'm a huge fan of both of them. So, yeah, I mean, in general, I, I love both of them. So, yeah, for that alone, it's worth Get ready watching. for a slam dunk. And, yes. you know, Dan had a whole vacation this week. So I feel like this was a nice riveting episode. Hopefully we'll both keep that vacation mindset coming. We also had an extra day of the weekend. So I've just been, like, having more time to be away from work. <laughs> yes, yes. You're, you're always going to get a better podcast the further we are away from work. And Dan yes. uh, got to take a nice little week on sprint, you lucky, lucky son of a gun. Yes, but all that comes to an end. <laughs> it's true. But we'll see you next week. We're going to take one week to plot our next crime and <laughs> our next heist. And we'll heist your time for another hour or so, or maybe a little less. You never know with the lads. Maybe less, maybe more. Maybe more. Check us out on uh the internet we're around we're on instagram out of the podcast you can email us the real out of the podcast at gmail.com we got magnet stickers just send me your address and I'll, I'll send them to you it's the cost of nothing to you and a stamp to me what more could you ask for exactly i got i got our magnet right on the mini fridge dan it's great i can't wait to get mine they're coming great well, what, what do you want me to do drop them off or mail them uh... we'll see how I guess eager we'll, are you we'll, we'll talk I'd it's say mi mildly eager. <laughs> it's an easy post office trip. I'm going a couple times this week, so let me know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you know. Cool. And we'll let everyone else know, but give us a subscribe on Spotify or a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Or send us an email. If you got the time, send us an email. Say hi. Or don't, you know, keep up your streak. Why, yeah. why ruin a good thing? 
Maybe we don't want to hear from our fans. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're all monsters. Maybe I'm a little scared, yeah. But it's fun to hear from uh, you guys when you pop up. Maybe we'll get another uh, advertising opportunity for ball smootheners. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we just have a, a P.O. box and get snail mail sent to us. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. You have a nice post office you you advised me to in your area one time. Yes. yes. We, could, we could set it up there. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Maybe by next episode, we'll have a P.O. box. But until then, here's the crime. Here's the crime. Ready?